Want to level up your marketing in five easy steps? Then stop what you're doing and check out this podcast right now. What's up, everybody? This is Drew, and I want to welcome you back to Learn How to See Better. It's the only podcast out there that will improve your vision the longer you listen. And in today's episode, I want to talk about the five areas of marketing most people are missing the mark in. So if you want to learn how to level up your marketing in five easy steps, you've come to the right place. So check it out. Marketing. Yeah. For some people, it's kind of like a dirty word. Some people think marketing, they think spam. They think being harassed. They think uh, someone just, you know, constantly sending their undesired message in their direction and you can't get away from it, right? Well, to be fair, in some cases that might be the truth, but in most cases that's not the truth. Marketing, sales, they're key components of making any business run. And typically you don't get the sales without the effective marketing, so let's start with the marketing and see how we can make a mega impact on your business. Now first up, when we're talking about marketing, we have to look at the purpose of marketing, what the goals are, what the objectives are of marketing, and as I already alluded to, guess what? Unless you want to be the greatest, best-kept secret, never to be known by any, you got to understand some marketing. And don't get hung up on the, the idea that, but my product sells itself. Sure, but if no one knows about it, guess what? It's not going to be an effective seller. So we have to be able to understand the key pillars of marketing that make everything go around. And guess what? You don't get very far unless you start with the markets, right? If you're going to be marketing, you have to have an understanding of the markets. What do you mean the markets? You know, the environment, the marketplace where people transact business. Whether you're looking at the stock market, the real estate market, right? The food market, the gas market, all these different markets you have to be aware of because they change. There's times of plenty and there's times of little. Times of feast, times of famine. Markets go up, markets go down, and markets go sideways, right? So you got to know which one that you're in, because if you don't, that's probably going to make an impact on your overall investing landscape. Not too many people need the refresher to think back to 2005, 6, 7 and 8. You know, and it might have been cool to hear everybody talking about how much money they were making, investing in real estate, and flipping houses. But by 2009, a lot of those stories had kind of finished up because the market had changed. The market had gone down, you know, the market had crashed. Stock market, real estate market, all the markets had crashed, right? We're in, you know, the Great Recession. So thinking about that, how does that change your outlook on marketing? If you've got a business, right? Do you just say, hey, it's time to close up shop. We're not going to do any marketing. The market's bad. Nobody's buying. Okay, well, if you stop marketing and people continue to not know about how you can help them with your goods or services, then guess what? Eventually, no one will know or no one will come in. And then you've got the problem of how do you uh, keep the business running with no revenues, right? So understanding how to adapt in any market when times are good, that's great. But only a percentage of the time, when you look at all markets throughout all of time, they're going up, down, or sideways, right? Now, they might be radically going up or crashing violently or just staying perpetually flat for some period of time. But they're always moving. They're always changing and that you can count on. And so knowing that you can count on this, you have to look at how you are going to adjust your game plan in each of these arenas. Some people might just want to sit it out sit out on the sidelines, right? There's a whole lot of people that bought stock in 2009 at the bottom of the market that just a few years later were really shouting from the mountaintops how, the, how well they did, 
or you bought an investment property in 2011 in Arizona and realized in a short five years, you know, you practically doubled your investment. These are just instances when you learn what the market can do for you, right? Similarly, there's people that bought stocks in summer of uh, 2007 that were really scratching their head by the end of the year as to what in the world was going on with their investments, right? So it can happen in any market. It can happen at any time. Markets change. And at any point, you can take a pulse of what the market is or listen in to financial news or other speculative sources that talk about where we're at and where we're headed. But there's going to be a general viewpoint. There's going to be a general stance on where we're headed towards prosperity, we're headed towards recession, the sky is falling, or everything's booming, right? It's all a function of the markets and understanding where you're at so that you've got the ability to make decisions about how you want to operate in that market or if you want to participate in a given market condition. So now we got markets down. Let's talk about the next big pillar. It's the audience. It's the people that make up the, the, the marketplace. It's the individuals that are out there buying and selling, transacting business. It's your client base. It's your, your pool of customers, right? So when we talk about audience, audience is important because your audience is a portion of the market right? Your audience is a subset of the entire market. Your audience isn't everybody, right? Unless maybe you're selling air or selling water, right? But when you look at an audience, it becomes very important to identify an audience, a group, you know, even all the way down to an individual in concept, right? Like a customer avatar, if you've ever heard that, that phrase. It's important to know who you're talking to. Who are you sending your message out to? Who do you want to hear what you have to say? And does what you have to say, meaning your messaging, does it match your audience, right? Could you imagine certain instances maybe in history where the message didn't match the audience, right? Uh, one of the most, um, <laughs> what I think kind of crazy stories is there's an automobile uh, once upon a time called the Chevy Nova, right? If you're old enough to have heard of uh, this, this car, I don't even know when it came out, 70s, 80s, the Chevy Nova, right? And apparently, um, this car was supposed to be pretty good. It was before my time. I never drove one. Can't speak to it specifically, but I think it maybe had decent enough sales. But for some reason, they found that in, um, I don't remember the exact country, but in a Spanish-speaking country, the Chevy Nova didn't sell very well. It's like, well, why not? Well, Nova... If you were to break that up into words and translate it to Spanish means no go, right? Who wants to buy a car that won't go? Nova, we're not going anywhere. If you buy this car, you're not going anywhere. So think about that audience and the messaging. Did the messaging match the market? I don't think so because the market felt like the name of the car means it doesn't go. I don't want to buy a car that doesn't go. So it's about having some clarity on who you're presenting your message to. Is it going to be well received, right? You know, I think another you know, scenario, this one's really kind of made up. Could you imagine, you know, if you're going into, you know, a business environment, a boardroom, and it's like maybe a bunch of military generals, right? Hard-nosed, serious individuals that don't mess around. And you, you go in with a speech or a presentation and you're just kind of lollygagging. You're, you're a little bit, you know, dainty and delicate getting to your point. Well, you know, I might have something great for you. You might want to check out. You may be interested. You may not. There, there's not that, that, decisive confidence in that military energy that you might expect. Hey, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it, right? Uh, just that bold forthright presentation that's going to be accepted or rejected. And that's the end of the story. Well, guess what? That audience 
is probably not going to be wanting to hear all the way to the end of the story with your lollygagging and your pontificating about the objectives that you're trying to talk about. The audience is expecting, boom, bottom line it for me, get to the point. I need the skinny on this. I don't want the long story. I need a number that fits in the box, not a story, right? So if you understand that audience, then you have a best opportunity to make your message match the audience. So you hear things like an elevator pitch, right? What would you tell somebody in 30 seconds in an elevator ride about your goods and services from a marketing standpoint? Because you don't have time to bore them with the fluff. Your audience and your environment, that all plays a role in how you get your message out. So give some consideration to that, whether you're marketing with billboards and banners or business cards, right? What does your messaging have to do with your audience? Does it match? Is your audience intrigued by the words that you have to say? Are they attracted towards you and your business offerings? Make sure you check your audience so you know who you want to attract because you want to attract the right and repel the wrong. So now that you got the markets laid out, you've got an understanding of the audience that you want to talk to. Next, let's talk about money. Whole purpose of marketing has to do with money, right? Money for your business, money to raise awareness to the value that your business can provide, your unique value proposition, yeah? But let's talk about the budget because I used to look at marketing as like, it's a vehicle that runs on dollars, right? Most effectively, you punch in dollars and the vehicle goes somewhere. You're not punching in dollars, then guess what? You know, it's a little bit harder to push the vehicle. But to be fair, there's there's capital equity, there's sweat equity, right? You can look at your budget and say, well, I'm just getting started with my, my business. I don't really have a whole lot of money to, to, to budget for marketing. Sounds good on the surface, but until I remind you that the oldest form of marketing known to man is word of mouth and words may be weapons and words may be costly in how you use them, but words are still free. Your messaging can still be free. You can still get the word out for free, right? outside the cost of a telephone or a pair of shoes to walk around the neighborhood and knock on doors, share the word. But but budgeting is important to have, whether it's time or money. If you don't have money in your business right now, you'd better have some time carved out that you are going to manually market your business or bring on the resources that are going to you know basically be your, your team of cheerleaders to help you support getting the word out for your business, right? The troopers that, hey, maybe just for a, a free pizza on a Friday night will help you know, put on the pom-poms and, and, and cheer for your business and spread the word with you, right? In the trenches with you. But the fact of the matter is, as they say, speed is expensive, right? You want to go faster, you need, you know, you want you want a sailboat or a speedboat, right? You want you, you want a regular car, you want to fly in a train. You want a plane or a train, right? You got to look at all these instances and say the faster you want to go, the more expensive it costs. So it is giving some consideration to the kind of results that you want. Right? Are you trying to just throw some cash into a machine and hit the easy button and just make it rain from the sky with new uh, potential clients? These are all decisions you have to make based on where you are. You know, how are you looking at the profits that do come into your business? Are you rolling any of that back into your marketing so that you can start to create a budget for your marketing that's bigger than what you have so that you can build better momentum? These are considerations to keep in mind, right? So assessing what you got more of, time or money, you only need one of, two, one of the two to get started. And if you got both, great. But start where you are and look at ways that you can be optimizing your budget or starting to plan a budget or saying, if I don't have a budget for X amount of time, what things can you do effectively 
from the sweat equity standpoint organically right there might be ways that you can really press the the fret plus press the flesh pound the pavement so to speak and get the word out there with just those uh labor efforts and you only need one to get started is the thing to keep in mind there so you've got to keep marketing if you want to keep momentum built in your business so again time or money which do you want to invest for the sake of the growth of your business so now you're clear on your markets you're clear on your audience you're clear on your budget the next thing you need some direction on is your strategy yeah your strategy how are we going to do this thing what's our game plan and probably one of the things easiest here to make the, the discussion most universal is i'd say take stock of the different options that you have available and what you want to consider that maps to you and your setup no different than I talked about in budgeting. Some businesses don't have a huge marketing budget, right? They're just getting going. They're, they're still working through the, uh, you know, the entry level stages where they're trying to turn a profit and it's tough to, you know, get the marketing resources set aside. Well, strategically, from a marketing standpoint, you might say, hey, well, I'm just going to market offline because the online space doesn't fit my budget, right? There's all these different sites you can pay money and that's not where you're at right now. So maybe you're looking at offline things, methods. Maybe you're very highly skilled technology-wise and you say, well, hey, I'm, I'm high tech and I can figure out how to market online at no cost. Well, great. You've got a unique skill set that maps to you. But if you're low tech, it's probably going to be easier to, you know, grab a magic marker and, and some poster board, right, for your marketing materials and just, you know, get the message onto uh, permanent media and be able to share that. And again, are you, are you looking at a free or a paid strategy? All these are, are different things you can look at to say, what works best for me? Do I have a team? Do I have marketing skills in-house that I can delegate tasks to? The strategy is that, you know, you don't want to be the one doing the marketing as far as the execution, right, of it. So you're able to get the resources to help with the execution of a, of a well laid out plan once you've got one developed. So strategically, it could be that you're going to put together something that's, you know, not paid, but it's going to be high tech and it's going to be free and you're not going to be the one doing it because someone else on your team handles it. Great. You've got a, you've got a strategy put the, to put together. You've got a strategy put in place that you can execute on. And that is really where uh, you start to get traction is having a game plan you can go into battle with right so thinking about what's available to you what matters most to you what maps back to where you currently are these are some of the keys and tips to look at from putting together your own strategy that i think you'll find that i think you'll find useful now last but not least i want to talk about and touch on the tactics because what good is a beautifully laid out strategy you've got the tactics to execute and so that's where the tactics come in. You know, you've got a good strategy dialed in. Now it's time to look at what is my method of execution going to be for this strategy? Hmm. Yeah. How are you actually going to get the thing done? Let's say in that previous example, all right. If you didn't want to spend money, but you wanted to go online, you wanted to go high tech, you wanted it to be free, then now all of a sudden you're saying, okay, great. Well, I've got some skills in technology arena. Maybe there's some organic social media posts that I can make to get the word out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Or if you're saying I, I, I'm, I'm ready for a paid version, you could, you could look at which social media platform is most appealing to you to insert cash 
and output results or eyeballs attention for a few seconds to see your value proposition and see if you can get uh, people to take action on what you're presenting or promoting, right? So tactically looking at picking a social media route and put some money in to get uh, some new leads, right? Into their system could be a tactical way to execute. Another opposite tactic could be say, hey, I've got you know, house on the side of a, on, on, you know, a major road, I'm going to put a sign in the yard <laughs> and there's going to be a phone number on that sign. And that phone number is going to give you, um, some information on the voicemail and, um, you can leave a message and you can even text message a keyword in to get a link to a virtual property tour. Hmm very specific tactic. Now we're combining some things. We've got a low tech offline strategy, pointing people to call a number uh, or text a number. They can give them a link to a video and promote the asset online. Hmm. Now that might sound random, but that's definitely a use case that could be quite valuable. And one we've actually used before sign in the yard, Send in a keyword if you want more info about the property or just call. But if you call, you get the message about the property with details. Go here to schedule an appointment. But if you just want to text in this keyword, we'll send you a YouTube link and you can take a 30 second or 60 second tour of the property without actually having to access it. So tactically, that's a very effective marketing strategy for us because it's a combination. You know, it starts offline, takes people online. It looks low tech, but it has a higher tech component and it's pretty inexpensive cost to make a video, put it on a free YouTube account, and uh, the cost to get the sign in the yard, the Sharpie marker, and the little piece of uh, uh, you know, cardboard or uh, whatever we used for the sign, right? A formalized sign. That tactic was very effective in helping us to show people what the property looked like without them having to schedule an appointment or wait to see it. You got the instant gratification without anyone around. So for us, that that simple tactic of this online, offline, uh, low-tech, high-tech combo has been very effective to help people get their demands met to learn about a property when they're just really kind of speed dating, looking for the right uh, next residence for them. So you see how that comes together a little bit? Having an effective set of tactics to map to the strategy clearly wasn't an expensive budgeting approach. I knew who my audience was and I understood the markets. So with those five key areas, I just gave you an example at the very end here, how I was able to effectively market a rental property in a very hands-off way. Time efficient, didn't take a lot of my time to create, put together, time to create a sign and place the sign, make the video, link to the video, have the understanding and the know-how of what my ideal client wants to experience. They're on the go, they wanna take a sip of information, they don't need a whole lot of hoops to jump through. Uh, to be able to, to access the property or see what it looks like to see if it's going to be a fit. And once I understood my audience well enough to really lay down that yellow brick road, so to speak, or that positive experience for them, then I was in a much stronger position from a marketing standpoint to really thrive, to really have my property stand out above the others as an effective choice because it made it easy. Just drive by, get a sniff of it, take a look uh, without having to do much. That was very attractive for my avatar. And here, several years later, having the same tenant in that property, I found that not only the marketing strategy was effective, but other business operational processes that were effective as well. Outside of the scope of this discussion, I know. But to point that out, 
right? Marketing is just one piece of the business, right? If you market it great and can't sell it, you got a problem. If you market it right, sell it so well that you can't fulfill it, you got a problem. So it's really a multiple phase approach here. But when I look at the arena of marketing, I love marketing. I know it gets a bad rap. Sometimes marketing is misused and abused for you know, evil ultimatums. But when you got a good heart, good product, good service, good intentions, and a good audience, because you're promoting your offerings in a good market, you've got the budget to get the word out, and you've chosen the proper strategy and tactics. You are definitely setting yourself up well to win. And hey, can't complain about that. You know, they say business will never go broke turning a profit. Well, with effective marketing, you're in a much better position to get the sales, to get the profits so that your business can thrive. So I hope that you found this useful. Learned a little bit about marketing. Full disclosure, I'm an engineer by train and by trade and by education. Um, but over time, as a business owner, I've come to understand uh, the importance of marketing, the magic of marketing, the magic of magnetic marketing and all the other business components. So now you know why I'm adamant about accounting and you see why there's these key criteria that you have to have defined for your business before going into it. And next up, I'm gonna talk about one of the last key components in this, in this framework of sorts for having success with, with business and rental property investing in particular. But you're gonna have to stay tuned for that one. I'm gonna bring that forth pretty soon here, but you'll really see how this completes the puzzle properly and so uh, with your permission, I'll propose those, uh, those details here in the next episode. But you got to tune in to catch that on the next one. Be sure to share this with a friend that needs some help with their marketing and guidance. And I will see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. Hello again, everybody. It's Drew. Just wanted to say thanks for listening to today's episode. And one thing I wanted to mention before I signed off for today you know, some of this marketing and business stuff might be your cup of tea. It might not. But if it is, you know what? I'd love to share some information with you that I put together, kind of a curated package of just some, some of my best tips that go down the, the rabbit hole a little bit more in the arena of marketing and specifics around that. So if that might interest you, I want to invite you to just send me a text message and reach out. Uh, I'll make it real simple. You don't have to say, hey, my name is and I want all this. Just text me a word, one single word. Text the word marketing to 602 362-8607. And what I'll do for you is I'll send you information on how to get access to uh, this special private uh, playlist of info I put together. Uh, so I'll put it in a format that you like to consume. Uh, so text the keyword marketing in to the phone number 602-362-8607. And I'll make sure to get you set up so you can dive deeper into just this specific marketing content that you're listening to right now. Uh, but in the meantime, thanks for listening and can't wait to hear from you. Have a good one.